Hi, this is Emily. <laughs> and this <laughs> is Maddie. And it's Phil Reed! Spill it everywhere. Everywhere. Spill <laughs> The tea's hot and it's folk tales, though. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's folk tales today. It's tea where it's like, did that happen? No, it didn't. No, it definitely didn't. But and the first one, did that happen? The Slayer of Sharks, a legend from Puerto Rico. Oh. Did it happen? I mean, is there a Slayer of Sharks? I yeah. One that, would hope. that actually sounds believable actually, to no. me. I, I've heard that sharks are actually like they don't usually go. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about sharks. They terrify me. Because, like, Bethany Hamilton, I feel like Soul Surfer, that movie, was, like... It gotcha. I don't know. Yeah, it's a cornerstone of my childhood. Like, I feel like that was a core memory for me. It was really, like, the biggest culture shock moving, like, from Hawaii to the mainland was how many people on the mainland are just terrified of sharks. (laughs) Like, and no one y'all are Hawaiians? so scared. I mean, I maybe to a degree. I don't know. We were all out there. I did. I was a competitive swimmer. And so we did like 2.5 mile ocean swims and we'd see sharks all the time. Ah! Yeah. And like, ah! they're just down there, you know, like existing. But, but also people here like do shark week. I'm like, what the fuck is shark week? And it's. Yeah, just a bunch of shark stuff on TV for a week. I don't know. People oh, on my the mainland are really shark week. really into sharks for some reason. I don't know. I'm I, it's I'm not super I'm afraid I of. I love sharks. I am scared of them, but also like I don't want us to like kill them. But maybe maybe the slayer of sharks needs to slay a shark. This I don't know. Maybe f- it's necessary. This is a folk tale, so they could be like talking sharks that like who knows what these sharks are like to murder their family they or something. They could be you know? of the devil. Who yeah. knows? They could have legs. They could. Let's like, find out. I yeah, guess. Puke yeah. Acid. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> it's yeah. a fucking folk They tale. could be made of volcanoes. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, so Slayer of Sharks. This is in the 17th century Puerto Rico, which was under the control of Spain. Okay. Um. Which uh, signed a governor and other important government officials. So ships from Spain didn't arrive. This is just like background, oh, just wow, like going okay. into this. It's okay. set in the scene. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I thrifted this book that I'm about to read from, and it's like bilingual too. So it's like cool. also in Spanish. Okay. Which like I don't know Spanish, but I think that's really cool. Um, anyways, so the ships from Spain did not arrive frequently. When they did finally come, the day was celebrated with great festivities. This legend deals with the courage of a young man from Puerto Rico who, on one of these occasions, fought a shark even though he was without the protection of his medallion, which had always given him good luck. Ooh, I wonder, um, in Hawaii, we wear, like, little St. Christopher's women go surfing and mm. stuff because it's supposed to protect you. I wonder if this maybe has some sort of tie. There's so many parallels between different folk tales around the world. Yeah, so So could be. Okay. It was the hour of the afternoon nap. Oh my gosh, why do we not have an hour of an afternoon right? nap? Right, the siesta, they do that in like a lot of oh my God. like Latin-based countries. Isn't that so cool? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? I want like a planned nap every day. Are you kidding me? I've heard, I'm not, I've heard from people that like visited Spain that they will like shut places down like for like that hour in the middle of the oh day gosh. and stuff and if everyone you were just Spain, please siestas. let us know because that sounds great i might be moving now yeah i want a good old nap we all need that oh my god yeah some rest okay in the port of 
Aguada seemed like an abandoned place. The rays of the sun, a radiant and golden sun, warmed the beach. A light breeze made the palm trees move rhythmically, as though they were dancing to the rhythm of the music that the waves produced when they broke against the rocks. How beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the singles. I'm setting the scene. I need to burn the water. (laughs) It's time for nap. Not going all the way back to the car. Get it yourself. It's so peaceful. (laughs) We made the scene so peaceful. (laughs) Suddenly a happy voice shouted, Look, the ships. There come the ships. Other voices echoed the news, and in the twinkling of an eye, there was a great expectation and activity in the port. Everyone, young and old, ran excitedly to the beach to welcome the visitors. A short time later, two galleons, on whose masts flew the flag of Spain, were anchored in the beautiful bay of Aguada, where Christopher Columbus had disembarked on a second visit to the New World in 1493. Here they would stop two or three days in order to obtain provisions and fresh water before continuing their voyage to Veracruz. Here, the passengers and sailors would enjoy festivities celebrated in their honor. That same night, there was a great banquet. Ooh, love a great banquet. Mm -hmm. Honoring the governor, who at that time was visiting the port, and also the two most distinguished passengers. The Viceroy? Okay. Viceroy? Mm -hmm. Viceroy of New Spain and the Bishop of Puebla. During the meal, the Viceroy said... Gentlemen, what has been most attracted my attention? What has most attracted my attention on this long journey from Spain has been a horrible fish. Oh man! Wow, those fish. Um, we have seen it in the water near your beautiful island. Terrible. It Just is terrible. the shark. It measures five meters or more in length. Holy Dear shit! Jesus. Yeah. In its tremendous mouth, it has several rows of teeth teeth what a dangerous monster mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well viceroy here in aguada there is an indian named rufino who always fights successfully against the sharks what like a reputation to have like oh say, he always fights sharks he, <laughs> he just like them. ties some like rocks around his ankles and like goes in there with spears like all right i'm coming i'm That's going his job. in yeah he just fights sharks. just goes and bows them they're like god damn it here he comes yeah what are you saying, my friend? Exclaimed the very surprised Viceroy. <laughs> exactly what I just told yeah. you, pretty much. Yes, this brave Indian, the best fisherman of our port, fights one-on-one and always with the successful outcome. Damn. Well, please bring him here. I wish to ask him to fight a shark tomorrow. He probably just goes right <laughs> up and punches him right in the nose. Yeah, they that, don't like that. That does sound very successful. Yeah, yeah the, I, that's I've, real, I've heard that is yeah, the best say, way to go about it. That is real, right in the nose. They hate that uh-huh. shit. So don't Guys, I, I would hate that shit, too. I know. They got a big one. They yeah. lead with the nose. You know, you punch them right in it. Yeah, right Ouch. in the schnozzle. Ouch. Um, <laughs> the lieutenant obeyed, and soon Rufino arrived. He was a kind and intelligent young man, about 20 years old. Wow, here he has this reputation at 20 fucking yeah. years old. Slang Good for Rufino. He was short. <laughs> he was short. <laughs> He was 20 years old, short, with wide shoulders and strong arms and legs. Although he was called Indian, at a mere glance, one could see him the mixture of three races of the island, Indian, European, and African. Do you wish to speak with me, Lieutenant? asked Rufino, with courtesy and dignity. Yes, Rufino. Our noble guests wish to see you fight a shark. Do you want to do it? No, sir. (laughs) 
Oh, okay. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> because I do not have the medallion of Our Lady of Carmen that my fiance Maria gave to me. Yeah, duh. Where's the medallion? Do you see the fucking medallion on me? <laughs> um, um, my fiance. The one that she gave to me? No, I'm yeah. not fucking fighting the shark. It's getting resized right now. <laughs> we need to take a break. Oh, no. where's the medallion? I've lost it. Oh, okay, Rufino. I'll give you eight pesos if you fight a shark tomorrow in the presence of the viceroy and the bishop who are leaving for New Spain very soon. I can't. I would have very bad luck without my medallion. Yeah. Did you <laughs> not just hear me? me? I yeah. can't do it without my medallion. I lost it. So, <laughs> Rufino was introduced to the viceroy, who treated him with great affection and told him, I'm glad to speak with you, brave young man. If you fight a shark tomorrow, I will give you an ounce of Spanish gold. Rufino remained thoughtful, although he needed the money to escape poverty. Oh, poor Rufino. Rufino. He was afraid of fighting without the precious medallion that he always carried with him when he went out to sea. Speak, Rufino, said the lieutenant. Very well, I will fight tomorrow, he answered without enthusiasm. And you can do it. Sadly for home. You can do it, Rufino. We believe in you, Rufino. You don't need the medallion. The medallion was within you all along. (laughs) (laughs) Show yourself. (laughs) That night, upset and nervous, Rufino did not get much rest. Very early the next morning, he took his sharp fighting dagger and went to the beach where the visitors and townspeople had already gathered. Long live Rufino, long live our brave friend, shouted the people. Although worried, Rufino smiled and waved his hand. Oh. Heading for the shore, he looked at the horizon with his hand placed like a visor on his forehead. The sea was like a sheet of steel, smooth and clear. The galleons displayed the beautiful flags from Spain and their attractive streamers, while in the distance, fishing boats could be seen returning to port with their catch. Mm-hmm. A few minutes... They're really good at setting the scene here. I know, my God. Yeah, well, look at those boats with their streamers. A few minutes later, Rufino saw the black fin of a shark in the waves. The young man's eyes shone with courage from the desire to fight the wild beast. And he ran at full speed to the edge of the pier. Okay, pause. What the fuck is this shark doing to anybody besides being big? I mean, from what we've heard so far, nothing. He's just being big with several rows of teeth. Yeah, he's five meters long and he has several rows of teeth. And he's just being big with his black fin. Yep, he's just scary. He's minding his own fucking business. Yeah, he's in his house. Yeah. No, absolutely. All of that is 100% correct. Rufino's coming from, though. Yeah. It's the what? What was the weird name? The the, 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 the pause. Viceroy. Yeah. And the governor. Yeah. What's their problem? I the don't bishop. Know. I don't know. Leave the sharky alone. Uh, where is the medallion? How do you lose that? I it's, mean, yeah, you just misplace it. I bet. What was her name? Maria. She's probably real mad at you, dude. Like, <laughs> where, what that the sounded f- really fuck important. Do you mean you lost yeah, it? Yeah, you just misplaced it. Like, where the fuck did it go? Yeah. <clears throat> We're in poverty, and, like, we have one medallion that one also medallion. kept you safe, and now it's fucking gone. Like, we have three things, and you can't keep track of it. What the fuck do we even have anymore? Yeah. Great, Rufino. They have his eyes shining with courage, though. No. He took off his shirt and threw it on the sand, and with the dagger in his hand, he hurled himself impetuously into the sea. Nice. While the people applauded him with enthusiasm. Suddenly, the fin of the fish disappeared, and Rufino went under. The water was moving convulsively. Beneath the surface, a terrible struggle was going on. Shortly afterwards, Daring Rufino appeared over the waves, and he could be seen swimming hurriedly toward land. When he reached the beach, he fell down pale and weary, with one leg injured and his mouth covered with blood. Poor Rufino, the pain was very sharp. 
Got with, all the limbs, though. They're all on but there. But he has them. He's got them. One's injured, but he's got them. Without my medallion, everything has come out badly for me. Oh. The young man lamented to the people who came and surrounded him. When the shark injured me, I did not have enough strength to kill him. Well, look, Rafino, there it is. You killed it, shouted the crowd happily. When oh. he sat up in the midst of his pain, Rafino realized he had indeed triumphed. Oh, well, shit. Okay. <laughs> you failed correctly. <laughs> On the surface of the water, the horrible animal was floating with its dreadful mouth open. Horrible. Its life gone. Dreadful. Is it horrible? Or is it minding its own fucking business? It really did sound as though it was minding its own business. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I don't love this. The Viceroy approached Rafino and said, putting his hand on the head of the victorious slayer, here you have the ounce of Spanish gold which I promised you, although you are brave, Rufino. I hope that you will never again repeat such a terrible fight. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't want to do it in the first place, fucker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. I, what, what you mean to say is, I really hope I don't make you do this again against yeah. your will without the medallion. Rufino was really like, no, I don't want to do this. And you're like, you've got to. Yeah, and then now to. you're like, God, I hope you don't do this again. Wow, you. Like, yeah. wow, God, I really didn't want to do it this time, my guy. Thank you, Thanks, Lieutenant. Thanks for the advice. <laughs> The lieutenant added more pesos, as in a short time, Rufino's cap was full of money. Okay. Even the sailors from the galleons who had witnessed the brave combat contributed all kinds of money. That night, Rufino was talking with his fiancée, Maria, while he was happily counting the money that he had received for his courageous work. Do you realize, my dear, that now we are rich? Now we can marry when we wish. What? Yes, Rufino, I am the happiest girl in all of Puerto Rico. Okay, 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 okay. And the best thing of all is that now you do not have to risk your life trying to kill sharks just to receive some money. And do you realize also, dear Rufino, that you did it alone without the power of the medallion? You are wonderful, and I love you so much. Okay, Rufino and Maria for life. Are everything. Oh, it gets yeah. cuter. And I love you, Maria. But what is this? Maria, look. What, Rufino? What is it? It is the medallion you gave me. Someone put it in the cap with the money that they gave me. Someone fucking stole that man. (gasps) What a twist. Looking at you, Lieutenant. What is happening? And so, Rufino, they're just not going to ask any questions here. And so Rufino and Maria had everything they wished for in life. The next day, the visitors to the village, accompanied by their Puerto Rico friends, attended mass before embarking for New Spain. When the sacred ceremony ended with prayers for the safety of the travelers, the priests announced to the congregation that all were going to have the pleasure of witnessing the marriage of a very dear couple, Maria and Rufino, the slayer of sharks. And everyone celebrated the pleasant surprise. They were married that day. And they lived happily ever after. I love folktales. That is so fucking random and wild, and I love it so much. I know. It looks like it's going to, like, not be good. And then they always just work out, and it's like, yep, the end. It's like, oh, wonderful. Yeah, it's... Folk tales love a duet machina. Just, like, something swooping in there, just solving all the problems. Yeah. Like, okay, it's all good now. Yeah, he comes out, he's like, I, I didn't do it. I'm sorry, guys. I'm injured. I'm bleeding. I, now I have no money. The shark isn't even dead. 
Oh, actually, the shark is yeah, dead. Yeah, it is. Whoa, really? Whoa, okay. Yeah. Problem solved. Let's go. Yeah. It's like, also, here's <laughs> ever after. money. Here's a lot more money. Here's money. Oh, I found this medallion. I don't know if this means anything really to you. Here you go. Are not going to ask any questions about this medallion? I guess not. Because that means it was likely stolen from you. Yeah. Or maybe you lost, misplaced it. Someone found it. Someone they found didn't it, speak up and there. say, hey, Rufino, I've got your medallion. I feel like you need it. You're going in yeah. there after this horrible monster. And clearly I'm not so attached to this thing that I found slash stole that I'm not willing to, like, give it up to you. Like, just, I'm, I have a lot of feelings. I feel like Rufino should be asking questions, but yeah. it's a folktale. And no one ever seems to ask questions. They, they really just go, They just go with it. They it is go. like a wild fever dream that everyone just goes along with. Yeah. And then, oh, and him and Maria get married. And okay, cute, cute, cute. It's so cute. I Q, love Maria. Q. Like, mm-hmm. Team Maria all the way. They're love very them. cute. All right, let's, let's do another. Okay, as we go into this next one, I just want everyone to know that 99% of these folktales, I'm, go- I'm the one reading them. I'm going into them blindly. Yeah. I find one of the proper length, and we just fucking go for we, it. Yeah. So, like, we literally just paused, and we're like, okay, I found one. Three yep. pages, two pages. All right, that should do it. And Here we're we just fucking going for it. So this one is a Japanese folktale, and it is called The Two Frogs. Okay. Once upon a time, in the country of Japan, there lived two frogs, one of whom made his home in a ditch near the town of Osaka, on the sea coast, while the other dwelt in a clear little stream which ran through the city of Kyoto. Okay. At such a great distance apart, they had never even heard of each other. Funny well, enough, frogs yeah. wouldn't have even heard of each They're, other. Yeah, That's the only, crazy. The only two frogs. The only two frogs who haven't even heard of each other. Yeah. But funnily enough, the idea came into both their heads at once that they should live that they should like to see a little of the world. And the frog who lived at Kyoto wanted to visit Osaka, and the frog who lived at Osaka wanted to go to Kyoto. Oh my god, how swap. <laughs> how swap, how swap. <laughs> For the great Mikado had his palace. So one fine morning in the spring, they both set out along the road that led from Kyoto to Osaka, one from one end and the other from the other. The journey was more tiring than they expected, for they did not know much about traveling, and halfway between the two towns, there rose a mountain which had to be climbed. Uh-oh. It took them a long time. Poor little froggy they frogs. They had poor little froggy feet. Little tiny. Two frogs? Tiny little slimy yeah, guys. Frogs, like, just hop, right? Like, they don't walk. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, I fucking hate frogs. What and a so, shower thought, Maddie. Like they don't—they <laughs> don't walk. Yeah, right? they don't they like only walk. Hop. They only hop. Like uh, they don't move their gross little that frog feet. Never. <laughs> I think they're so freaking oh, cute. Man. I, I want to like, touch one, but damn, they're cute. Literally petrified. Oh, of frogs. love a little frog. Yeah. So I, yeah, they I just hop, like, hop up the mountain. I don't like things though. I don't like to be near things that are very still mm-hmm. for very long periods of time and then, and then are suddenly really fast. Yeah, yeah. And frogs Frog. are like that. They, yeah. They're very still and then they hop. And they so hop like, I want to look at them, but I don't want to be near one. Okay. I have the same feeling about dragonflies because they'll oh, just yeah. like hover there and then they just like, yeah. And they just like fly. Oh, yeah. They scare do, the yeah. shit and out they of do, me. They sit there for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I want to like, look at them. They're beautiful. Yeah. But I don't want to be near one. So I was going to say, yeah, I don't like moths, but they're erratic always. They don't, yeah. like, stop. Yeah. Like, they just, like, beeline it right at you. But, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, dragonflies hover and then, and then shoot at you. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. So I could see frogs are the same kind of deal. Um, <clears throat> it took them a long time and a great many hops to reach the top. Cute. But there 
There they were at last, and what was the surprise of each other to see another frog before him? <gasps> they looked at each other for a moment without speaking, and then fell into conversation, what? explaining the cause of their meeting so far from their homes. It was delightful to find that they had both felt the same wish, to learn a little more of their native country. Yeah. And as there was no sort of hurry, they stretched themselves out in a cool, damp place and agreed that they would have a good rest before they parted to go their ways. This is adorable. Stretched themselves out. I hate that. We're having the exact opposite feelings about this story. I'm trying to get over the fact that they're frogs, and I do love that. But like, they're cute little froggy, like little chickeny little froggy legs, just like green. No, stretch out you. Little feetsies. Cute. No, their mouth is their whole face. Okay, that's their mouth is their entire face. That is true. Yeah, I hate that. That's a little worrying. So there's that. Um, And their face is their whole body, also. So their mouth is their whole face. Then your face is your body, and then you have gross little chicken legs. Your yeah. mouth is your whole fucking body. Yeah. And what do your they do with it? Your body basically splits in half. Yeah. And what, it, yeah, what do you do? Okay. You shoot your tongue out and stuff. No, it's gross. They're gross. This I, has an icky what? feeling. Okay. I still think froggies are cute, though. Could you got big old eyes? Yeah, but they're weird. Mm. They're gross little eyes on their head bodies. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> the little, little frog. Well, you, you can have all the frogs on all of our adventures Yeah, you know, together. if you hate frogs, you're relating to Maddie so hard right now. If you love frogs, <laughs> then you're relating to me so hard right now. And if you're like a normal person who just has neutral feelings about <laughs> frogs then <laughs> you don't know what the fuck is going on right now and you're just here for the folk tale you're just here and for we're the gonna tale, so let me continue my we're God. gonna give it right back to you there's something here for everybody yeah <laughs> frog lovers and haters alike what a pity we are not bigger said the osaka frog for then we could see both towns from here and tell if it is worth our while going on Oh, that is easily managed, returned the Kyoto frog. We have only got to stand up on our hind legs and hold on to each other. Oh. Kyoto! Oh, and man. then we can each other look at the town he's traveling to. Oh my gosh, they're going to hold their little webbed handsies together. Uh. This idea... <laughs> God. This idea pleased the Osaka frog so much that he at once jumped up and put his front paws... Paws! No, they... they no! It's not a paw. They're little paws. No, that cannot be correct. Little paws. They have little hands, right? Your no. Paws. Uh, no. Paw and no. Paw. Little webbed paws. No. That <laughs> paw makes it sound like it's I cute and fuzzy. Everything about this is so cute to me. He put his front paws on the shoulders of his friend who had risen also. There they both stood, stretching themselves as high as they could and holding each other tightly so they that they about, might not fall down. Are they about to do it? Are they going to kiss? Are they, are they going to make out? <laughs> The Kyoto frog turned his nose towards Osaka, and the Osaka frog turned his nose towards Kyoto. Okay, no, they're doing it. <laughs> and the foolish bow, things forgot wow, wow, that when they stood up, wow. their great eyes lay in the back of their heads, Lord. and that though their noses might point to the places to which they wanted to go, their eyes beheld the places from which they had come. Okay, that's Fucking cute. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wait. That's cute. right there but anyways you know that, but that's our shtick as we are always coordinated <laughs> not mashing so here yeah. we go doing doing that again 
Dear me, cried the Osaka frog. Kyoto is exactly like Osaka. <laughs> it is certainly not worth such a long journey. I shall go home. But it was worth it for the embrace. That's <laughs> yeah. the beauty. They yeah. currently have their little paws on each other's shoulders, and that's real cute. Okay, well, not paws, hands. They They're have their sticky little oh, frog I'm fingers. My, I'm sticking my paws now. <laughs> if I had had any idea that Osaka was only a copy of Kyoto, I should never have traveled all this way, exclaimed the frog from Kyoto, and as he spoke, he took his hands from his friend's shoulders and they both fell down on the grass. Then they took a polite farewell of each other and set off for home again, and to the end of their lives they believed that Osaka and Kyoto, which are as different to look at as two towns can be, were as alike as two peas. That's the The end. end. Okay, so yeah, there's a deeper meaning there for sure, which I feel like the the Japanese folktales, I feel like they have like a deep meaning there. Yeah. Like not just like, oh, feel good because, you know, we're all going to die anyway. So this story ends happily, which yeah. I feel like a lot of the Europe ones are. But I don't know. My, my brain is not functioning well enough at this point in time to like try to glean the meaning from that. I'm going to Google it. I'm going to see if someone can explain it to me. Because I, I want to know. I'm going to throw out a guess. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I want to know. Like it's, I feel like it's one of those, like, grass is greener things, right? Well, yeah. You know, like... Uh, they, wanted, they didn't want to, like, move, though. They just wanted to travel. They well, just wanted to see the sights. And, like, for, you know, they were also wrong <laughs> because those cities are very different. Exactly. And, you know, but, yeah, I feel like it was one of those, like, you know, uh, but nowhere's like home, like... You, you thought you wanted to see more of the world to get something I, yeah. from, but you had everything you needed at home or I something. Could I feel like it's one of those. see it being that. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Okay, but we're going to do a little pause, and we're going to double check. We're I really see if anyone else gets a different meaning from I this. I really thought they are going to make out. I think I, I want them to do a little froggy smooch. It would have been real cute. Or like to be like, you know what? Your town's the same as mine. My town's the same as yours. Let's just, like, hang out. Who cares? Let's go to either one of them, since apparently they're so alike. Yeah, or and just it. live together. Let's go to a whole different town and start a new little frog life together. Exactly. Yeah. Let's just go somewhere else entirely. Yep. Let's oh, rub their little, little nose faces together in a little Eskimo kiss oh and God, just go cute. skipping down the mountain. I love everything about this. Yeah. I, I have a frog shirt. And I was planning on wearing it tomorrow on our trip, Maddie. And so now I'm definitely going to. So you just have to stare that cute old toad on my shirt. Is it like a real frog? Like a... Like one of those wolf shirts, but it's no. like a frog because I can't. Oh my gosh, Emily. I I do have one of those though, except it has a fox on it. Oh, I fucking love the wolf shirts. Like oh. that was like no no disrespect there, but oh, I mean, yeah, those like shirts are amazing. Oh, I with, like the moon in the background, <gasps> shit, and it's like yes. tie dyed. Like oh, I love, love that. Shit. Um, they have kid ones. I can't oh. remember what the brand name is of because there's like a brand that makes like a ton of those. There was a kid one. It was a onesie of a little orange tabby kitten coming out of the ocean like the fucking kraken okay. and attacking a ship. And I got it for my daughter. I have a picture of her as a little tiny baby yeah. in that onesie, and I will show it to you. It's fucking hilarious. Well, yeah, you. When it's you, the best onesie you've ever seen. In your when life. you come across things like that, it's a no brainer. Oh, I sought it out specifically, actually. Okay, good. <laughs> like a fucking weirdo. I was like, those wolf shirts. I want one of those for my daughter. And yeah. I saw that one. And I was like, that's the one. That's the one. That's the one. There it is. <laughs> right there. Well, the fucking wolf shirt. <laughs> wolf shirt. All right. Well, would you look at that, Maddie? Yeah, I would love to. Um, Japanpower.com says... The tale speaks about our adage, the grass is not always greener. Well, look at that. Look 
at that. Each frog sets off thinking their destination will be better than their hometowns. This mistaken idea leads the frogs to be disappointed when they see their destinations, quote, destinations, on the mountain. The story warns us about how expectations and our easily mistaken senses can lead us astray. I still kind of feel like they could have done a house swap. And I still feel like the grass was not, I don't know, it's, it's a confusing one. Yes. I I also did not take away that the frogs were unsatisfied with where they were. I, just I thought, thought they that they wanted to, wanted to travel. Yeah, yeah, just like have us. some fun. Like we're we're going to Disneyland tomorrow, and that doesn't mean we don't love it here. You know, we just mm-hmm. want to go see there, and then and come back to here. Yeah. So that is, I did not get the the um, gist that they were unhappy where they were. So no. that, that was that was a different kind of grass is greener one, yeah, I guess. You know what? We'll we'll take it, I guess. Yep. Um okay, the next one is an Irish folktale. Okay. No frogs. No frogs. A donkey maybe? Ooh, okay. I don't know. There's, there's a picture of a donkey right here, so beautiful. We'll see. The Kildare Puka. The Puka. Okay, wait. Before you start. Yeah. I wonder, okay, so there is a picture before the story. Yeah. It's a donkey, and he's in a house, and he's in a kitchen, and he's standing in front of, um, like, a kitchen counter, Uh and then he's looking towards a kettle... And what looks like a shadow of a kid, maybe, sitting on the corner? Who looks slightly shocked. Okay. Yeah, so So I'm interested to see where this takes us. Yeah, let's get there. Who is the puka? Who is the Kildare puka? Why is there donkey in the house? (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Okay, once upon a time, there was a big manor house in the country Kildare, whose owner was often out of the country on business. When he was away, the servants were left alone to keep up the house, and sometimes they would let things go a bit more than they would have if their master had been home. Well, yeah, duh. Yeah, obviously. Sometimes I... Go into the lady of the house's room when she's not home and put on her fine dresses and jewelry because they're not here. I don't know if I can know. Sometimes like, I take a little sample of her perfume. Yeah, sometimes, she know. She sometimes I lay in their big metal bathtub when they're oh not there. I don't know if I can know. I pretend to, I just think about what it would be like to be the lady of the house, yeah. drinking a glass of champagne, eating a... Good old deviled egg. Yeah, I, I <laughs> the tub. lay there in her stuff, in her tub, and yell at mice. I refer to myself by name and yell at me to go get oh, stuff. Yeah. This is Servant Maddie vibes for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I would let I it go it. a lot of it. I would like, oh, they, they let it go a little bit. No, I'd let it go a lot of it and be like, fuck, they're coming back in a week. Yeah. It's grind time. Let's go, 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 go. Yeah. But you know what? We got like weeks of just peace yeah. and just chilling. Yeah. Straight chilling. Yep, yep. But as if the kitchen were rebelling against being left in disarray, the servants would often hear at night a frightful banging of the kitchen door and clattering of fire irons, pots, plates, and dishes. The longer this went on, the more terrified they all became, and none of them dared to enter the kitchen after the fire had died down at night. Uh Uh-oh, did we spoiler it and it's the donkey? <laughs> this fucking donkey comes in the house. Donkey the entire yeah. time. Opens the door. Fires out, guys. I'm coming in. Yeah, rattles our stuff around. Yeah, what? A, he's a cute little donkey, though. He's very cute. He's so cute. He's very funny. The artist did a great job. Yeah, he's adorable. One evening, they sat up ever so long by the fire. However, telling each other stories about ghosts and fairies. They talked so long that the little scullery boy fell asleep right there, curled in the hearth, and he did not wake. When they all trampled off to bed. Why did they not wake him? Yeah, poor baby. Fucking rude. 
Later, after they were all gone, he was woken by the noise of the kitchen door opening. <laughs> Startled and suddenly afraid, he peeped out from the hearth, and what should he see but a big donkey. A donkey. Ew. There he is. <laughs> Standing and yawning before the dormant fire. Okay, cute. cute. Oh, oh my, my god, gosh. a donkey yawn? Yes. <laughs> big old yawn. The boy was about to come out from his hiding place and lead the animal back to the barn when he saw it look around, scratch its ears, and say... I may as well begin first as last. <laughs> so first of all, how did the donkey, how does he scratch his ears? Like with the back foot? <laughs> Second of all, like, he said what now? <laughs> One more time? I may as well begin first as last. <laughs> okay, well, I am just as last as I was first time around. <laughs> sure, yeah. Here we go. True donkey, true. <laughs> the poor boy's teeth begin to chatter. For now, he knew this was no ordinary donkey, but a puka. Oh. What the fuck is a puka? I don't know. Is oh it like... God. It was like a spirit that like embodies animals. That's still pretty cute. I mean, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I don't know if that's what a puka is. Okay, but the boy says, now he's going to eat me, surely. Okay. That's well, less that's, cute. Yeah. Uh, he just <laughs> yawned. Yeah. He thought, but the puka had something else to do. Okay. He stirred the fire with his hooves. Yeah. The same ones okay. he scratched his ears with. He scratched his little ear with. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, was it one ear scratching the other ear, you know? That's still adorable. Either, yeah. This is cute. <laughs> and then he brought in a pail of water from the pump and filled a big pot, which he put on the fire. Get him on the payroll. <laughs> After that, he lay down before the fire, so close by the scullery boy that he dared not breathe. At last, the pot boiled and the puka rose again and began a flurry of activity. Oh, wow. Okay. There wasn't a plate or a dish or a spoon in that kitchen that he didn't fetch and put into the pot. He washed and dried the whole set as well as any kitchen maid and put them all up on the shelves again. Then he gave the floor a grand and good thorough sweeping. The last thing he did was to rake up the fire and finally he walked out just as nonchalantly as he had come, giving just, the door a good slam as he went. Just walking like a donkey, you just know, like that big tr- booty. I, was he like doing all like on all fours? Is he up on hind legs? I have so many questions. Oh, hind legs makes this unsettling. Like sweeping, just like a human on all fours. <laughs> I do not want a donkey on its hinders. Yeah, well, he's sweeping, you know. On his okay, hind that's legs. still kind of cute with his big old fuzzy belly. Yeah. Okay, that's still pretty cute. Yeah, I take that back. Oh yeah, the big fuzzy donkey big belly. Fuzzy donkey belly. <laughs> well, there was a hullabaloo the next morning when the balls. Poor scullery boy told us a hullabaloo. Yeah, there's a whole this is hullabaloo. This adorable story. Yeah. Almost as adorable as the little frogs. Mm. Maddie would dare disagree. Yeah, he's going to get his little donkey paws and go. <laughs> they are hooves. Do the dishes. paws. <laughs> well, there was a hullabaloo the next morning. Oh. A whole school... Poor scullery boy told his story. The servants could talk of nothing else the whole day. One said to the other, another said to the uh, another, but one lazy scullery girl said the wittiest thing of all. Well, says she, if the puka does be cleaning up everything that way when we are asleep, what should we be slaving ourselves for doing his work? I, that's what I was thinking. Fair enough. I'm the lazy scullery girl. Mm-hmm. 
So said, so done. Not a bit of a plate or dish saw a drop of water that evening, and not a broom was laid on the floor. Hell yeah. Everyone went to bed soon after sundown. Next morning, everything was as fine as fine All in right. the kitchen, and the Lord Mayor might have eaten his dinner off the flagstones. It was a great relief to the servants, and everything went well until the scullery boy, who was now proud of his adventure and had forgotten all of his fear, declared that he should stay up one night and have a chat with the puka. Well, yeah. Say hi. Yeah. He waited by the fire in plain sight this time, and to tell the truth, he was a little daunted when the door was thrown open and the puka appeared. But he plucked up his courage and said, Good evening, sir. Oh, it's so polite. Good evening, said the puka. <laughs> oh, oh, good evening. <laughs> <laughs> if it isn't taking a liberty, said the boy, might I ask who you are and why are you... And why you are so kind as to do half of the day's work for us every night? No liberty at all, said the puka. I'll tell you unwillingly. I was a servant in the time of your master's father, and was the laziest rogue that ever was clothed and fed. So when my time came for the other world, this is the punishment that was laid upon me. Oh. Plot twist. To come here and do all this labor every night... And then go out and sleep in the cold. Oh. It isn't so bad in fine weather, but if only you knew what it is to stand with your head between your legs, facing the storm from midnight to sunrise on a bleak winter night. Okay, and save the donkey. Yeah! The boy was moved, and he said, Is there nothing we could do for your comfort, my poor fellow? Well, I don't know, says the puka, but I think a good quilted coat would help me keep the life in me on those long nights. Oh, keep the life in me. Okay, and a quilted coat on a little donkey? Very cute. Why then, we'd be the ungratefulest of people if we didn't feel for you and give you a coat, said the boy. So the next night, the boy waited for the puka again and delighted the creature by holding up a fine, warm horse's coat before him. Cute. Between the two of them, they got the puka's four legs into the coat. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, Because you know he, like, steps into the coat and then they zip up the back, baby. It's so cute. And buttoned it down the breast and the belly. And he was so pleased that he walked up to the glass to see how he looked. Okay. He looks this, dapper as hell. This he is looks, the cutest story I've ever I'm going to cry. He's a dapper donkey. No, he's, he's a dapper ass donkey. He's a dapper ass donkey ass. Uh, he's, he's a dapper ass. And he's an ass. I, I just wanted to throw that in. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, he said at last, I have a long road to travel tonight. I'm much obliged to you and your fellow servants. You've made me happy at last. Good night to you. As he was walking out, the boy cried, Wait! Sure you're going too soon. What about the washing and the sweeping? Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. Ah, said the puka. You may tell the others that they must now get their turn. My punishment was to last until I was thought worthy of a reward for the way I had done my duty. Now you'll see me no more. Oh, they're going to be so mad at you, scullery boy. (laughs) No more they did. And right sorry they were for having been in such a hurry to reward that puka. Oh, that's the end. The end. Okay. 
well, um, now you learned. Don't do anything nice for anything ever. No. If someone does something nice for you, you pretend like they don't fucking exist, so yeah. they keep doing nice things for you. Yep, that's what we learned. And that was the moral of that story. Sometimes folktales do have shitty-ass morals to their stories, Sometimes, though. yeah. It, no matter what, it doesn't end the way you're thinking it's going to. It never, ever does. No, it throws you for a loop. Yeah, I'm always like, oh, something real bad's gonna happen, yeah. and then it doesn't. Or I'm gonna, like this one, I was like, oh, no, this one will end nice. Yeah, I thought, it, yeah. But I mean, I guess it did for the little donkey. I guess so, yeah. the but could he just be like, well, then fucking come back here and give me the coat. Like, yeah. I'm not, no, like no. now he just walks out there and just gets to be a normal donkey, but doesn't have to clean, <laughs> I guess, with his coat. You just, you just get to live a normal donkey, donkey life, life with this nice ass coat. Yeah, like, fuck you. Yeah, like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's how your story ends. Yeah. And I'm still scullering. Yeah, also, is he just still going to be a donkey? Like, this is his afterlife. Is he just a donkey forever? Yeah, yeah. That's punishment enough, let alone the work. Yeah. Also, how does one wash a dish with hooves? That's what I'm saying. On on hind legs, that's on how. On his hinders. On his hinders, <laughs> yeah. that's how. Well, I hate that for him. Okay, let's find, we're going to find maybe one more. Okay. And round this whole thing out with one last folktale. All right, last one. Whoop. This one is the young man who would have his eyes opened. All right. And then the rest of the pages title it as The Curious Young Man. So I don't know what it's called. It's one of those. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Once upon a time, there lived a youth who was never happy unless he was prying into something that other people knew nothing about. He's an Aquarius. (laughs) Aquarius. (laughs) After he learned to understand the language of the birds and beasts, he discovered accidentally that a great deal took place under the cover of night, which mortal eyes never saw. Who wouldn't want to know that? I mean, yeah. Yeah, my guy. From that moment, he felt he could not rest until these hidden secrets were laid bare to him, and he spent his whole time wandering from one wizard to another, begging them to open his eyes, but found none to help him. At length, he reached an old magician called Mana, whose learning was greater than that of the rest, and who could tell him all he wanted to know. But when the old man had listened attentively to him, he said warningly, My son, do not follow after empty knowledge, which will not bring you happiness, but rather evil. Mm. Much is hidden from the eyes of men, because did they know everything, their hearts would no longer be at peace. I 100% believe that. I'm on board. I 100% believe that that's what the man tells you to keep you down. Because <laughs> don't listen to the man. Who's the Aquarius now? <laughs> <laughs> Knowledge kills joy. Okay, but ignorance is bliss. I do believe that. Whoa. Yeah, okay. Knowledge does kill joy. There's also been studies, this could be completely wrong, but I have read a study that said that the smarter you are, the less happy you are. Like, the I've more likely you are to be depressed. And that makes sense. I feel like we all know someone that's like, oh, you just go through life like, da-da-da-da. Like, no matter what's happening, yeah. you're just like, da-da-da. It's like, oh, man, you, you little fool. You're okay. just so happy Sometimes still. me, my husband will try to educate me on certain things that I know are going to make me sad. And I'm like, don't tell me. I don't want to know. It's yeah. just going to make me sad. I can't do anything to help the situation. It's just going to make me sad. Don't tell me. Yep. I don't want to know. I'm, I'm that way, too. Mm-hmm. Knowledge kills joy. Therefore, I think, therefore, think well what you are doing or someday you will repent. But if you will not take my advice, then truly I can show you the secrets of the night. Only you will need more than a man's courage to bear the sight. Do it. 
Yeah, do it. You need the medallion. And then he goes and he steals the medallion <laughs> from Rufio. From Ru- and then, Ru- yeah, from was, it, was it Rufio? What was Rufino? his name? Rufio. But I did think Rufio the whole time. Yeah. Rufio. Rufio <laughs> from Hook. Yep. Hell yeah. And then he's going to go and he's going to get that medallion and then he's going to use it and he's going to go put it in the tip jar. It all connects. It all connects. Oh my gosh. And then the frogs walk by. Yeah. And the donkey's doing the dishes. <laughs> do with the dishes. He stopped and looked at the young man who nodded his head and then the wizard continued, tomorrow night you must go to the place where once in seven years the serpent king gives a great feast to his whole court. Not to be confused with the serpent queen, Catherine de Medici. It is indeed not Catherine de Medici. Go listen to those episodes. Yeah, so fucking good. In front of him stands a golden bowl filled with goat's milk. And if you can manage to dip a piece of bread in this milk and eat it before you are obliged to fly... You will understand all this. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, so he has to take yeah. a piece of bread. Yes. Dip it in, in goat's milk, mm-hmm. which is inside a golden bowl. Right, yeah. Falling. Before he is told to fly. Okay. Fly is in leave or literally fly? It's a folktale, so I it's don't know. It's got to be literally Cause, fly. Because I'm thinking like, fly, you fly, fools. Fly, you fools. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I think too. No, uh, it's fly. It's like yeah, literally hovering fly. through okay. the air. Mm-hmm. We're going to say that. Yeah. You will understand all the secrets of the night that are hidden from other men. It is lucky for you that the Serpent's King Feast happens to fall this year. Otherwise, you would have had long to wait for it. But take care to be quick and bold or it will be the worse for you. All right, let's go. The young man thanked the wizard for his counsel and went his way firmly resolved to carry out his purpose, even if he paid for it with his life. And when night came, he set out for a wide, lonely moor where the serpent king held his feast. With sharpened eyes, he looked eagerly all around him, but could see nothing but a multitude of small hillocks that lay motionless underneath the moonlight. What the fuck is a hillock? Like H I L L O C K. Yeah. I, fuck. I've seen that. I can't think. I don't know. Googling it. Okay. Sorry. Had to Google that. Um, a hillock is exactly what you would think it is. It's like a mini hill. It's like a little dirt like, mound. Yeah. Like a little hill. Yeah. Ooh. It's it's a mini it's hill. baby a hillock. A hillock. <laughs> there's the hill and there's the hillock. And, and there's a little baby hillock <laughs> that could lay motionless under the moonlight. He crouched behind a bush for some time till he felt that midnight could not be far off when suddenly there arose in the middle of the moor a brilliant glow as if mm. a star was shining over one of the hillocks. <sighs> At the same moment, all the hillocks begin to writhe and to crawl i'm Ooh. glad we looked up what they are because i would have been very confused like yeah. is a hillock like an animal uh, so I'm glad we looked it up wow and from each one came hundreds of serpents Ooh. Ooh, cool and made straight for the glow where they knew they should find their king ooh, 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 when they reached the hillock where he dwelt which was higher and broader than the rest he had a bright light hanging over the top they coiled themselves up and waited the whir and the confusion from all the serpent houses was so great that the youth did not dare to advance one step but remained where he was watching intently all that went on but at last he began to take courage and moved on softly step by step let's go youth let's go <laughs> come on youth what he saw was creepier than creepy mm-hmm. and surpassed all he had ever dreamt of all right let's thousands of snakes oh I love snakes, and this is creeping me out. Thousands of snakes, big and little, and of every color, were gathered together in one great cluster around a great serpent whose body was as thick as a beam. Ew. 
<laughs> Ew. That's fucking gross. Like, it's gross serpent body swallowing something, yeah, but it's like no, a I, pillar side. No. I nope. hate that. And which had on its head a golden crown from which the light sprang. Their hissings and darting tongues so terrified the young man. See, I love snakes, and this is gross. I am, like, getting the heebie-jeebies here. I, you know what? This is, like, too much reminding me of... Um, with the second Harry Potter. Oh. Mm-hmm. The Chamber of Secrets. This mm. is too much basilisk. It's giving basilisk. And that <laughs> basilisk scared the shit out of me as a Ooh. kid. So I think that's what this is. Um, hissings and darting tongues so terrified the young man that his heart sank. And he felt he should never have courage to push on to certain death when suddenly he caught sight of the golden bull in front of the serpent king and knew that if he lost this chance, it would never come back. So with his hair standing on end and his blood frozen in his veins, he crept forwards. Oh, what a noise and a whir rose fresh among the serpents. Thousands of heads were reared and tongues were stretched out to sting the intruder to death. (laughs) I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah. But happily for him, their bodies were so closely entwined one in the other that they could not disentangle themselves quickly. See, that's also like so gross to me. Like how annoying if you're a snake. Yeah. You can't even like fucking go anywhere. Can you get yourself out of myself, please? Thanks. Like stop touching me. It's going to have to be like that weird improv game that you have to do where, like, everyone connects hands and, like, tangles themselves all up. Except, like, you can't just, like, unlatch hands and give up. Yeah. You, like, have to to do it. Yeah. I hate it. And, like, how often are we doing this? Like, every night? Like, (laughs) you just tangling ourselves up on the hillocks? I have to fucking, like, I'm not even from here. I have to come, like, all the way down here and get all tangled up with you people. And then this kid's coming down here. I can't even fucking bite him. Yeah. Because I'm so tangled up. Yeah. Like lightning, he seized a bit of bread, dipped it in the bowl, and put it in his mouth, and dashed away as if fire were pursuing him. Good. Yeah, good call. On he flew as if a whole... Okay, so flew, flew like okay. fly, you fools. Damn Not it, quite okay. literally. I, I was hoping he'd literally he have to fly. He could still fly. We don't know. It's he could. possible. This is about serpents, though. Not birds. But it's so. a folktale. But it's a folktale. Anything could happen. I'm really hoping he's going to, like, yeah. lift off. He could, like, pull goat cheese out of his ass at this point, and it would not surprise me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's probably a folktale. Like, uh, someone pulling goat cheese out of their ass. Probably. Like, we'll find it for you yeah, guys. Yeah, the young boy that shits goat cheese. <laughs> That's definitely it's a folktale. It's a metaphor. Yeah, it's definitely a metaphor <laughs> for be nice to your mom or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's a metaphor for um, the problems with consumerism. <laughs> In the medieval ages. <laughs> yes. Yeah. On he flew as if a whole army... Okay, no, that was the right sentence. On he flew as if a whole army of foes were at his heels, and he seemed to hear the noise of their approach growing nearer and nearer. At length, his breath failed him, and he threw himself almost senseless on the turf. Oh, man. While he lay there, dreadful dreams haunted him. He thought that the serpent king with the fiery crown head twined himself round him and was crushing out his life. With a loud shriek, he sprang up to do battle with his enemy when he saw that it was rays of the sun which had wakened him. He rubbed his eyes and looked all around, but nothing could he see of the foes of the past night. And the moor where he had run into such danger must be at least a mile away. But it was no dream that he had run hard and far, or that he had drunk of the magic goat's milk. And when he felt his limbs and found them whole, his joy was great that he had come through such perils with a sound skin. 
one one does want sound skin yep after the fatigues and terrors of the night he lay still till midday but he made up his mind that he would go to the very evening into the forest to try what goat's milk could really do for him okay well what yeah wait but also like didn't he have to have the goat's milk first to even be able to see anything yeah but he's maybe he's gonna go back and now see things like now he's gonna be able to see the truth of the night so yeah you do have to go back yeah you you completed the task go back see what this goat (gasps) milk's really gonna do that's that's the plan yeah that took me a second as well okay okay um and if he would now be able to understand all that had been a mystery to him oh man what is the actual snake pit gonna be like ooh, i'm so excited to see because this picture right here is Wowzers. Ew. And once in the forest, his doubts were set at rest, for he saw what no mortal eyes had ever seen before. Oh my god, oh my god. Beneath the trees were golden pavilions with flags of silver all brightly lighted up. He was still wondering why the pavilions were there when a noise was heard among the trees. Ooh, 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 ooh. As if the wind had suddenly got up, and on all sides, beautiful maidens stepped (gasps) from the trees into the bright light of the moon. These were the wood nymphs. I want to be a wood nymph so bad, Emily. Let's just leave everything behind and and be a wood nymph. Fucking wood nymphs. Oh my gosh. Dancing naked in the moonlight. Oh my god. Whatever wood nymphs do. Maddie, I'm just going to show you this picture and we will post it, you know, on our Instagram so you guys can see it too. These wood nymphs are. Yeah. Yep. Stunning. Oh my god. Look at that slit in her dress, girl. They're so cute. Come on. Yeah. Um,. These were the wood nymphs, daughters of the Earth Mother, who came, the Earth Mother, who came every night to hold their dances in the forest. The young man watching from his hiding place wished he had a hundred eyes in his head. I bet you wish you did. (laughs) That's cute. For two were not nearly enough for the sight before him, the dances lasting till the first streaks of dawn. Then a silvery veil seemed to be drawn over the ladies, and they vanished from sight. But the young man remained where he was till the sun was high in the heavens, and then went home. He felt that day to be endless, and counted the minutes till night should come, and he might return to the forest. But when at last he got there, he found neither pavilions nor nymphs. And though he went back many nights after, he never saw them again. Hmm. Still, he thought about them day and night and ceased to care about anything else in the world and was sick to the end of his life with longing for that beautiful vision. And that was the way he had learned that the wizard had spoken truly when he said, blindness is man's highest good. Huh. The end. So it's good that you can't see these things because they're so wonderful and so beautiful that you're going to want to see them forever. And you can't, I guess. I, and I so kinda, it's I better to not it, see them at all. The ignorance is bliss thing. Yeah, like, you can learn a piece of information that could ruin your fucking life. Yeah. So wouldn't you rather just not just know that not information? Know. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, personally, no. I was going to say, I'm I way think too that curious. it would be worth it to see something that beautiful, yeah. I think. But I don't know. Maybe not. I'm also not the kind to stew on it for the rest of my life, so I don't know. I'm also like, if something told me, like, yeah, you can't handle this, I'd be like, you're, you're right. You're probably right. <laughs> Cartoon exit out the side. <laughs> like, See you later. Yeah, yep. man. Exactly. I know for a fucking fact I can't handle it. I feel like that one was way more clear 
on the moral. Most of the morals of these stories, Bluebeard, go back to yeah. Full Tales 1. <laughs> yeah. And that one just did not make any fucking sense. Most of them are like... They're making the opposite point that they're trying to make. Yeah. Like, hi, or, don't marry this old man. It's like, no, her life ended up great because she married that yeah. old man with his blue beard. Or there's just stuff where, like, there wasn't really a story there. It was just weird. Like, the toe. <laughs> like, the big toe. The toe. What was that about? Or the or the girl with, like, all of her aunts. Like, that all worked out. Like, there wasn't anything there she was could no have done. There was no moral to that. Yeah, there was, it was just a story. Uh-huh. So, yeah. She lied her way through that shit. Yep. And it worked out for and her. And it worked. It, it was even a story about like hi don't lie it's like yeah no. well it was a story basically the moral of that one was bullshit your way through life yeah and, and hopefully i'm taking that out for you yeah yeah I'm, I'm gonna hope that that works out for me yeah i bullshit my way through high school and that worked out for me it, yeah, exactly i got a decent gpa that's where that's to college. what i'm saying so, yeah. Yeah, so there we go there we go bullshit your way through life the grass <laughs> is not always greener frogs are cute yeah. And donkeys are definitely cute. <sighs> donkeys on hind legs doing your dishes or so <laughs> That's really much. Cute. With a quilted little coat on. Oh, no, going to up to belly. And he is just somewhere out there still living his best little donk-donk life in oh. his little coat. I will be posting a picture of a donkey in a quilted jacket. I don't know where the fuck I'm going to find that picture, but I will be posting that on our Instagram. Well, now you have to. Meat. Yeah, on everything. <laughs> on and me. now you have to produce a, a photo of a donkey in a quilted coat. So. And if I don't, I'm going to crudely draw one and post that instead. Good. Yeah, either way, you're going to get it. <laughs> yeah. All right, bye. Bye. Stories and events mentioned in this episode have been researched by Maddie and Emily. However, due to the nature of historical documentation and storytelling, different versions of these events may be found in different sources located in different places. Certain details may have been omitted for brevity and for the sake of only providing our listeners with the juiciest parts of the story, which is our brand. We invite you to do your own research and draw your own conclusions. That's why history is fun. Spill the Mead is written and produced by Emily Bourdon and Maddie Gervais. Music is composed by Nicholas Lee. You can find him at nicholasleemusic.com. That's N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-L-E-I-G-H-M-U-S-I-C.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Spill the Mead.